shows the boys attention cause she don't get none at home. Queen of Carolina swears that she's the only one. Sweet teeth and happy feet are her forte. Queen of Carolina calls me King Hurricane. Ashes to ashes surrounding your trouble. D -d 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 dust to dust to dust to dust to the girls who dare not cuddle. And chicken legs are thumping me to the light of the base. Lady Gaga singing sultry to my poker phrase. Call me, yeah. Call me. Dressing on a greyhound with once silver wings, footsie flying, mile highing, six strings on wooden things, sex herring neighbors staring. Now I think it's time to go, 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 go. Untrustworthy neighbors safe and sound asleep in an exit row. Turkey feather lost in a fox's file. Somewhere a pheasant feather wrapped in a copper wire. Copper wire leaking the beads The beads are the star of the sea In a white-haired liar with a hold over me Call me, yeah Call me King Hurricane Call me Summon the troops, put on a little tap dance, diverting from the truth. You, you, you could be my alley cat, I could be your oops. Shows the boys attention, cause she don't get none at home. Queen of Carolina swears that she's the only one. Hot shower, cold sheets. Queen of Carolina calls me King Hurricane. Check, 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 check. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see. I gotta get used to. I haven't worn these headphones in like two years. Uh, these headphones. Some of this stuff I'll edit out, but we can just. Yeah, I think some of it I'll edit out, but uh, like this maybe. The parts where I'm saying I might edit this out. <laughs> I would start by welcoming my first ever guest, Tim Falvey. I'll describe Tim a little bit of from from how I I know him or from how I, from how I understand him. I guess I'll start by saying that was a very different performance of I'll call it King Hurricane. I don't think that's not the name of the song, but it's uh, that's the what I remember is King Hurricane. What's the name of the song? Reiki Queen. Reiki Queen. Yes. I should know it. <laughs> I've practiced it many, many times. I've heard 
I've seen you perform that song at uh, on Sundays at uh, the Ice House Open Mic in the, Somerville, South Carolina. Yes, and that was a monster <laughs> that I saw. A monster perform that. So um, uh, I, yeah, okay. Maybe we, you can talk a little bit about. We can just let's start with. Uh, how how do you decide to do such different interpretations or what compels you to do different interpretations of a song like that? I think the setting has a lot to do with how the sound comes out for me, the environment, the folks around, and the tools at hand. If I have an acoustic guitar and nothing else, it's typically going to come out like a, a, a soulful coffee house, melancholy sound. Um, if If there's somebody joining me on a lead guitar and maybe three or four or five or ten people in an audience, chances are I'll feed off of the energy that a group of listeners brings, and I'll pack a little more octane in the performance. Okay. Um, that's, yeah, that's, that's pretty straightforward. Um, let's see. I'm a terrible host. <laughs> I'm a really bad host. Uh, all right, so one of the things that I'm really curious, okay, one of the reasons that I wanted to bring you in in particular to be the first person that I that I do this with is because I know you're pretty well traveled. And at least that's my that's uh, what I I get the sense that you you're not a musician that's just coming up in one scene. You've you've had experience in a number of different scenes. And it's not like you I don't think you would view yourself as exactly a Charleston artist. Um or am I wrong on that? You're, you're not wrong on that. Okay. Two different angles on this. One, how uh, travel has shaped your music, but also, and I, I think for me, I'm more interested in, at this point in time, how you see travel as as the potential to, to shape your music, or how you would make decisions going forward about where you position yourself geographically. Uh, yeah. Sculpting is what travel does to my music. I'll play the same five to ten original tunes uh, in five to ten different cities uh, in a year's worth of time uh, in an ideal scenario. Uh, and anytime you've got a different audience, a different venue, a different instrument, uh, a different emotion that you're bringing to the open mic or the gig or the street performance that day, It'll come out differently, it will be affected by the environment differently, and you'll pick up on uh, repeated patterns in a tune that become concretized in the final piece that the world will hear on a formal recording down the road. Uh, my, my tunes are ever being workshopped with ever, every performance, every busking venture, every open mic, every gig that I perform, and traveling refines those pieces. Uh, now, with the traveling being a almost as powerful element to my vocational direction as the music is itself, uh, traveling has uh, become almost as strong a craving as the performances themselves. New York City, Charleston, or Cincinnati, Ohio, maybe a Philadelphia in the United States, and to grow from there. 
And that's all a lot based on exposure to those places or reading books about those places that have inspired me. There was a time where I went to New York where I thought for, for the first time, I've been there a number of times just for short, short spells. There was one time where for the first time I wasn't intimidated by the city anymore. Um, and maybe that's foolishness, <laughs> but, but um, that sort of gave me a new appreciation where I thought, wait a second, I feel like I finally understand enough about how it works where I feel like I could figure out my way in this place. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and in that way, it was really compelling. And the willingness to go discover the unknown is one of the more valuable things. Maybe that's one of the valuable things that we can do as artists. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's is, is what we can do is actually go into the unknown, go to places that maybe other people aren't willing to, and then we can tell those stories and tell the truth about those stories. And that is an inherent value. But you got to be willing to go take it on. But then there, maybe there's also just like an internal, just you want to take on the wild or something, right? We are frontiers yeah. folk as yeah. artists. We, are, we as musicians, I feel, are more accessible as artists, uh, as storytellers than uh, varied other kinds of artists. Uh, we, in a way, are the art itself because as practitioners of music, uh, in performing live, um, we are we are tangible um, human beings and deliverers of a message, not just a static painting on a wall. People are are digesting your body language as much as they're digesting the music. Is that at all in in line with what you're talking? Yeah, about? Yeah, most you're certainly, yeah. most yeah. certainly, and and on the frontier, um, delving into places that have never been explored before. That, there's an interesting angle there that I want, to, I want to take. I want to also just touch on real quick. You were talking about sort of setting up, I don't know if you used this word, but uh, franchises or, or setting up the ability to do, you and I have talked about this at a different, a different point in time, but you sort of mentioned this a moment ago, being able to perform in a number of different places with others, where you have uh, sort of estab- the, established the ability to go do shows in different towns and have reliable people that you can connect with and throw uh, a show that that works. And uh, for me, when, when you first talked to me about that, I thought that sounds really challenging. And that sounds like um, it's going to be wrought with uh, the, or very prone to failure um, because a lot of times music takes practice. Um, and to be able to deliver something solid with with other musicians, they have to really be able to dial in on what you're doing. Um, however, we just did a uh, a show where we practiced together for a while, not not like relentlessly for a year or anything like that, and we're able to pull it together. And I think um, maybe uh, maybe you could talk about how you you see that working or why, even if the music itself isn't, you know like precise funk or something like precise you know that you're still able to deliver a show that's meaningful to people um and that is accessible yeah you're referencing okay. our performance a couple weekends ago at common house Aleworks in north charleston here in south carolina and that would be a good case in point of the type of performance i care to put on rally together a group of musicians who have no business hanging out together uh, in the first place, but somehow establishing a buy-in to create something where there wasn't something there before, to create something beautiful out of imperfect parts, 
and to give people who are listening to the music a reason to smile and ideally uh, get invited to perform again at the same venue because we've uh, done a uh, added value to the venue's bottom line um, and I've, I've, that's been a core tenet of, of my primary music project, Uncle Tim's Bench, for the last three years or so. Um, pulling together people for the sake of music. There's no reason we shouldn't be able to rally together and make a halfway seamless set of songs for anywhere from 45 minutes to three hours and help people tap their toes on a weekend night. Uh, pulling together uh, musicians who have never met before uh, is especially exciting to me. Uh, pulling together musicians who uh, have never played together before, but who share at least a little bit in uh, common vision to create and to grow to expose ourselves, to, to tell a story, to share a message. And centrally to it all, it, I mean, in addition to the grandiose uh, message-bearing purpose of art, uh, I think fun is also at the core. And it was nothing but fun performing with you and a handful of other folks a couple weekends ago. It was a lot of fun for me. I, I can certainly speak for myself and say I had, a, I had a ton of fun. It was a great chance for me to get to stretch out on a lead. Um, it was one of the best opportunities I've ever had to, to play lead and a lead guitar. And uh, so, uh, yeah, I can't thank you enough for that. That was uh, to get to play on the Common House Elwork stage um, as a lead guitarist is, is just a, was a novel thing for me. And it, and it helps. Like I think th those moments are really important in any artist's development, in any musician's development, is getting those chances to do something you've never done before, and see if it if it can work or not. Because until you do it, you don't know. Mm -hmm. And um, and so to get that opportunity, and then get that reference point of, you know, I don't I don't know that my playing necessarily blew <laughs> blew the roof off the house. Um, but I think uh, I did get positive feedback, and so and some very good positive feedback. Um, and so then for me, um, well, I'll, I'll, I'll use that to segue into maybe you can talk a little more about what Uncle Tim's Bench is, the the name and what the name means, um, because certainly Uncle Tim's Bench was it lived up to its name for me, and uh, yeah, sure. It all started and continues at a park bench at Waterfront Park in Charleston at the harbor here. And that's a place where I've spent countless hours busking or street performing to collect tip money for singing songs on the street. Um, I It was at that place where I really honed my belief that I could make a living as a musician and a place that has continued to reinforce my craving for more and more and more and more chances to perform, to be in front of people, to share stories, to to develop and redevelop and refine songs of my own. Um, Uncle Tim's Bench has taken on a grander life, um, a, a highly, almost to a detriment, a highly inclusive um, and inviting spirit for 
almost all musicians to. Uh, <laughs> that's that's a that's one of the catch lines is uh, Uncle Tim's bench room for almost everyone. And, uh, yeah, if you're yeah. if you're if you're wondering why almost everybody, well, if you're hesitant to come or you don't feel like you want to, you don't have to play. You don't have to be part of the experience. <laughs> You'd be. I'd be. I would. Um, that's not true. Tim's always got he's got this melodica, and then sort of behind the scenes, he's like, "You better play this." <laughs> right, right, right. No, not uh, at all. <laughs> so, uh, multiple tenets of the project Uncle Tim's Bench. Well, it's it's not a band. It's not a solo project. It's everything in between, uh, and inclusive of band and solo performance. It is highly, highly focused on original art. Uh, however. Uh, in the last year or so, I have deliberately incorporated uh, cover tunes that I'm passionate about, cover stories that have made a difference to me, um, for better and worse. Um, it is, like I said, uh, almost to a detriment, highly inviting uh, group. You will never see an Uncle Tim's Bench performance that is precise. Uh, as far as the mechanics and architecture of music goes, and it is de- it is deliberately lo-fi where it is lo-fi. Um, I'm not trying to um, make the quote perfectly composed uh, p- performance, the perfectly delivered song. I'm trying to create the most effective performance I can make, uh, the most engaging performance I can make. And I'm trying to do it with unrefined ingredients to create something beautiful out of imperfect elements, to create something where there wasn't something before is magic to me. And to get to do that with a a common thread of sound, sounds that make people feel good with artists who are hungry to get in front of others is truly, truly enriching to me and something I I would care to do the rest of my life. To tag on to that, uh, just my own thinking about that, um, and I, I would think of this as a, as a affirmation to you, um, is you're talking about uh, that it's very inclusive, almost to a self-detrimental level. Um, I, I don't think that's exactly the, the word, the wording that you used, but that the the degree to which it is inclusive, um, it's like if you were wanting to make the the perfect recording, um, there will better way to say it. When you bring imperfect ingredients in, or when you bring raw elements in, or people that aren't as developed as musicians, or or whatever whatever the case may be, there are challenges. It's going to be it's a more difficult process to get to. Uh, a that a more refined result, and like you said, you're not necessarily going for that that refined result. Um, but it may, at least from my perspective, it very well may cost you some gigs some, from time to time. Um, and and so that, I mean, I would say that that is generous. Um, so hopefully, people that that get the opportunity to play with you recognize that. Um, but um, yeah, that uh, that's one of the cool things. I, I used to see Uncle Tim's bench. Uncle Tim's bench, you know, pop up in different in different places. Before I knew Tim, I'd see Uncle Tim's bench. I was like, what the, what is what is Uncle Tim's bench? I couldn't understand 
what Uncle Tim's bench would be. I was trying to wrap my head around the name, like, and then when he explained it to me about it's it's a place for musicians to gather, mm-hmm. then I was like, oh, <laughs> like that totally makes sense. And so, because it's it's a name that's not designed from really a selfish perspective. It's not about exactly Tim. It's it's the bench. It's the gathering place. And it's about others. And so, uh, yeah, I think that's one of the... It's a really original name. I don't know that I, I have ever heard anything like that. Um, there, there may be some other, a few other things like that, but I don't think I've ever come across that before. So it's cool. It's inclusive. Um, and, and I just think it's really cool that it helps other musicians get opportunities to grow. And I don't know that there are a lot of um, performing musicians that make that a focal point, you know? I think most of us are trying to think, figure out how, how can I succeed? How can I win? Um, and not as much of, of gathering. Maybe, I'm, I'm, uh, maybe that's just me, but <laughs> that's where my head's been at for a while is how can I succeed? Because I'm trying to eat. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, maybe that would be an, another opportunity to play a song. Sure. You talked about playing a cover song. You don't need, or you talked about uh, cover songs a moment ago. I thought maybe I'd throw the idea out there of maybe sharing a cover, but also yeah. we're, we're cool with all originals, or whatever. And I can just edit that part out too, by the way. So sure. if you no. want to play whatever you want to play, just play, I think I think I I do owe tribute to um, one of the artists that has helped to sculpt my type of music, my uh, my poetry, and how I deliver it. So. I'll, I will I will play a cover too. This is a rendition of a tune called Bonfire by Third Eye Blind, one of the most instrumental, uh, pun intended, um, music projects uh, in in my life. It, uh, Third Eye Blind has taught me how to write a song the way I know how to. Um, they've taught me how to convey imagery and action in a bold way and. They have taught me that you can also share a message in uh, fun, palatable, and colorful ways that people want more of my rendition of Bonfire. Spring upon firing, she's shivering alone. I bumped and I knew somehow you could wear my duct tape vest. It's a party best, it's really all I own. Everything's changing now, and I am high like a star that's flying. Cassiopeia Everything's changing now She said it's alright Don't have to die alone To say goodbye Just cause it's good night all Lightning comes and lightning goes And it's all the same to me Living in Oh, I want you so I can hardly breathe or release 
into a thousand pieces all over you. The chains will soon be gone. I keep burning on and on. If nothing else, I am myself. It's all I have to give. Everything's changing now. Maybe we could live like kings If we take a risk or we could live in doubt Everything's changing now Alright, don't have to be alone Is this goodbye or is it just goodnight? Lightning comes and lightning goes it's all the same to me Oh, I want you so I can hardly breathe or release Into a thousand pieces All over you The flames will die by dawn But I keep burning on And on and on This This is this is the last time This 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 is the last time Oh, cause lightning comes Lightning goes And it's all the same to me You know I want you so I can hardly breathe Charleston. <laughs> I, I represent Charleston right now. You do. You sure do. Um, I need to figure out a way to make my, my one hand clap into a minute. A, I'm sure you can find a, uh, a clap track. Uh, <laughs> I can hook my looper up and just yeah. quickly compose like a. Um, uh -huh. uh, let's start, I'll start the, the next line of uh, interrogation. <laughs> yes. <laughs> We're talking about like a interrogation room uh, before I had some really lousy chairs and then we swapped this in um, still you still got the lousy chairs they're just, I do. They're just in a different <laughs> corner now yeah they're right around the corner so we still have the vibe <laughs> <laughs> but you don't so um, let's see I wanted to start maybe we can start just with a very simple one that probably you've been asked many times which is just uh, what who, who would you say are your main influences on your music uh, yes definitely uh, as I've I just shared Third Eye Blind has taught me a lot about uh, what my style of songwriting and delivery of music truly is. Uh, in addition, Counting Crows, the poetic whimsy of Counting Crows, the, the audacious and vivid imagery of Third Eye Blind, in addition to their method of performance, uh, their in-the-momentness, their integrity as uh, individuals uh, from what I've observed anyway uh, having seen both groups live uh, integrity as individuals and uh, their revelation of their art as the core I don't think they're out to impress people I think they're out to tell a story I don't think they're out to uh, look good any more than they are uh, out to um, convey 
a, a an image to convey a uh, a truth that taught me a lot and continue to um, whether watching live performances or recordings of live performances or simply reading words of theirs they have in a way permitted me or given me the feeling like I have permission to write the way I naturally write or speak the way I naturally speak or communicate and deliver my music the way I think I naturally would. Are there any uh, local artists or artists that you've you've met um, along your music journey that you would say are in a similar category in terms of their influence on you or maybe a, a step down? Any Anybody, any local artist that you would say has had a significant impact on your actual music? Yes, I think there are countless musicians uh, who I've gotten to connect with personally, professionally, uh, in performance, in talking music. Um, I don't think it would be fair to name one of them. Okay. Um, um, well, um, maybe I'll I'll, I'll uh, keep this line of thought going by talk maybe uh, expanding a little bit on on why I asked the question or what what inspires me to, to ask the question because um, I've gone to so many open mics and I've seen so many performers and for a stretch of my life I no longer listened to music that you would find in a music store or on the radio. I just didn't even hear it. I, all I heard were local performers, and that was fine for me. That was my diet of music for years, um, and I really haven't really switched back out of that. Um, I mostly listen to local performers and local music, um, and I find that fascinating. I, I, in some ways, I find it more fascinating than the developed, polished uh, sounds that you hear on on a radio. Um, a lot of the there are many songs I hear on the radio where it almost makes my stomach turn with how just obviously contrived it is. Um, and there's other ones that are gorgeous, stunning, and, and gorgeous. Um, but um, yeah, maybe for me, a lot of my I I'm not, I don't know that I necessarily even understand fully how local music has shaped my own music. Um, but I thought it was, it's an interesting thing to think about because. Uh, when you are a local musician, you are around tons of local musicians, and they will have an impact on you. So yeah, I thought maybe yeah. Yeah, you so, bet. They they are the environment. Um, they are the ingredients that uh, help shape what you're doing. We're all contributing to a, a grander ecosystem uh, that we're feeding off of and uh, feeding into. And I I I would. I would hope that a musician from Charleston who makes it big uh, is one who doesn't just look back and rem remember the thicket of Charleston musicians who made a difference in him, but rather um, he won't have to look back because he'll continually be part of that, that community. Um, a community here in Charleston that uh, weekly uh, I find new niches in um, new people performing I've never even heard of and I've, I've been immersed in it for four years now uh, 
new bands, new venues. Um, I, I am dumbfounded as to why and how I haven't met or heard of a continuously, uh, seemingly growing group of musicians in Charleston. Um, so I, I would I would hope that uh, folks not only upon quote making it big tip their hat to Charleston community, but also continue to be part of that community, especially the open micers, um, especially the, the the hungriest of musicians who may not have um, more formal opportunities to uh, get on a grander stage who aren't necessarily equipped equipment wise or financially or who are who are uh, working their nine to five and playing music in addition. I see I had like three different ideas and then so they go in they all go in different directions. Um I'm let's see if this can lead into a line of thought. Uh I'm very driven as as a musician at this point. But um I don't know that my vision anymore is to make it big. And what I'm maybe more interested in is actually working on a local level for many years. And what I'm more more interested in is just cultivating a, a local community that's on fire. Like, you know, just just awesome. Uh, what I want to be able to do is play maybe the same venue for 10 years and have a, just a blast with a local community. You know, I want to get, get maybe you to talk about if there's any... Uh, any any advice? I don't. I kind of don't like using that word, but any anything that you could express to non musician uh, viewers. Oh, here I'll say this. So we'll jump. We're skipping to something else. There was a time where um, I, I opened a Sunday event. Every Sunday, I would I would play from like noon to six p.m. at the same place every single Sunday. And what I noticed was at this particular place, every time I arrived. There's nobody there. And it was the hardest thing to get one person to sit down. And then as soon as one person sat down, the second would follow pretty quickly. It could take two hours to get one person to sit down. It could take 15 minutes. It could take 45 minutes. But as soon as the first person sat down, the next person would be pretty quick. And then once there were two, then it would start to fill up pretty quick. And so what that taught me was that most people aren't really listening with their ears. And they're they're more listening with their eyes. I guess they see... They want to see validation of a, of, a, of a space or validation of an artist or of, of a music before they're willing to take the social risk of vouching with like a voting for it with their with their physical body by going and sitting down and actually you know showing people that they support this. Um, so my my question in this is I don't know that I'm I'm completely right about that because I think that this is a this is a, a very poorly organized question. I'll just say that. But it, I think it will be interesting. Um, for a stretch of time, because of that observation, I think I undervalued my audience's ability uh, to uh, their, how sharp they actually are. And um, <laughs> that's such a poor way of saying it. But um, I, I undervalued um, because I, I saw how people are social animals and how they aren't really listening with their ears, they're listening with their eyes. But what I've noticed as time goes on is that people are very sharp and they're, they're able to understand things sonically that maybe they don't on a conscious level, but they, if all the different nuances that you do with your voice, a lot of people are able to understand those um, and they feel them. Um, 
So maybe it's a, a multifaceted question, uh, but it's sort of like, um, what would you say to other people to that are non-musicians to help them understand music on a conscious level? That is such an insane question. <laughs> Can you explain music to the world, Tim? <laughs> like, no. <laughs> okay. Um, I can give it to you, though. Yeah. I can give what I know of music and what I experience of music. Okay. I know, I know how to work a computer for the most part, but I don't know how the computer works. I think there are people out there who know how music works intellectually, architecturally, uh, the science and math behind it, uh, even uh, the history of music. Um, and that's important. That's critical. All of that is critical. I just care to deliver it. It won't hurt to, to know some of the ins and outs over the course of my lifetime a little bit better. Um, but my primary focus is to offer it rather than explain it. I believe there are many great artists in any particular vicinity. And if you look historically, you know, there are, I mean, it, it's kind of obvious because many of the people that we now, that are now renowned as great artists at one point in time, they weren't, they were not known. And that's how it is for almost, I think, just about anybody um, that uh, there's a point in time where you're not known and your work's not appreciated and, and, and it's a struggle and you maybe doubt yourself or whatever. But um, how can people identify great artists? Like taste takes a long time to develop, but that's something that I want to try to figure out is how to help more people believe in their ability to, that believe in their taste enough to, t to go sit down when they hear when they hear something that's that's great musically or that in, inspires them, um, yeah. If or is that just some kind of stupid thought that I have? I don't think it's a stupid thought. <laughs> I think I think it's a very altruistic mindset towards um, ushering folks into opportunities to be given a gift um, a patron of music is as critical to the song as the practitioner yes a, it is a a uh, restaurant customer is just as critical to the meal as the chef um, I mean, a, a, a musician can write a song and perform it and um, nobody listen to it. It happens all the time. It happens all the time for me. Yeah, and that's me. fine. But um, I really think there are songs and there are stories and there are life experiences that without which a music patron or a, um, a customer at a restaurant um, their their life would be less enriching, um, especially now. When we come we we've spent we've spent a whole year in uh, 
we we being the artists, um, the 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 granters of stories that people may not need to hear, but would and could be more enriched if they heard. We spent a whole year not providing um, and speaking for myself I I am um, I'm I'm in pain because I haven't been active to the degree as uh, I would normally anticipate um, but I have I have scores of experiences and stories and emotions that I think I can make vulnerable to a world who may not be in touch with those same universal emotions. And this past year of hibernation, uh, because of our pandemic circumstance, has um, meant that fuel that I I have boundless store of penting up um, hasn't been received or hasn't been hasn't been granted a space or a place to be consumed um, so I to go back to the thought that you had um, I, I think it's a very generous and altruistic idea to, to usher people into opportunities to appreciate something that without which their lives would not be as enriched. The, the patron, the customer, the, the viewer, the listener. Um, we could talk about um, the one or two more things and then maybe we'll do one more song. And um, uh, one, one thing that Maybe another angle. So we, if we've talked to non-musicians, maybe we can talk to musicians or people that work within the musical uh, business, I suppose, that um, at the same point that we're talking about how can we get non-musician viewers to be more aware of, of who's around them or be able to learn how to appreciate what's there and that sometimes there is uh, more of a raw element but I think that the fact that many people maybe a, a more of the general population aren't willing to go seek out um, some of the, the more raw experiences that are available of music um, because there are some fantastic performances I'm telling you if you go to an open mic night okay maybe you got to sit through a, a few that are are difficult to sit through. Um, there, one thing that I notice at open mic nights sometimes is that you get people that just do the same thing week after week after week after week, and and that's tough. It gets it gets a little grueling, especially as somebody that this that's what I'll do. I've done for years is go th and I'll see the same performer more times than people could probably imagine. Um, but. Um, also, when you're willing to do that, you see just some stunning performances, and you see things that you won't ever see anywhere else. And it, it, sometimes that that same person, they may go that that 
that person that does delivers some kind of extraordinary performance, they might go on to be into a different profession and they don't even do they don't even end up doing music because that was your only opportunity to ever see that. Or they might go on to be a performer, but they never play that song like they did that night. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so I think like yeah, that that the ability to foster for people to pay more attention um, to their local scene and get uh, get more involved, maybe. How can we do that? And to make that a broader question that you could just talk about for a little bit is just, I think one of the things that um, maybe people aren't aware of, like all the different components that make up a live music scene, your booking agents, your venues, your mu- your local musicians, the, 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 the guests, uh, or your, your audience, your audiences, everyone is flawed. <laughs> and that's... that's uh, that's the uh, part of the things that I think sometimes people don't quite wrap their head around. And I'm, I, I would say that I fall into that category. I haven't wrapped my head around that. Um, we all have to work together to make it good. And, it, and it's like we all have to figure out how to improve ourselves and then how to communicate with each other to allow for the improvement of others and ourselves. And then that's what can make it great because it's all of us working together uh, at an excellent level in harmony that creates a wonderful event. You can't have a, a performer that performs at a great level, um, but the uh, the waiting the wait staff uh, is they they don't they don't want to be there or uh, the, you know that that spreads, and so you have to cultivate a community. Um, but I don't know. There's those are some ideas, but um, um, what are some maybe different things that you would talk about about scenes uh, uh, about the music scene and your involvement in it that that you, where you could give suggestions or advice about how we could improve um, mm-hmm. yeah i I would encourage the working musicians in Charleston to be less less of silos and more uh, Branch out, um, reach out, uh, reach out to your fellow musicians uh, in competition um, with you. Uh, stop. I would I would charge and uh, challenge the working musician in Charleston to um, stop the rat race, to enjoy the company of. A fellow musician who's also hungry to make it to make that living um, share a set with that musician you're competing with um, I in a way I think we're all uh, we're all in the same place uh, some of us are aiming for the same place let's try to hitch our horses and go there together I guess I guess we should end it right there and and uh, maybe maybe play lead us off with one more song and yeah um, yeah I wrote this tune flowers from Paris a few months after I learned I was going to be a dad on a flight from Newark New Jersey to Paris France for my now year and a half old daughter and her mother it goes like this
lucky penny flicked in a wishing well. Lucky penny flicked is my wish itself. Lucky penny coming back, I see. Lucky penny, oh, lucky me. We always knew we had a little chance Had no damn clue that our next dizzy dance Would be so soon So here's our chance, take a little chance Now I come home with flowers from Paris And a clover from my motherland For a mother to be and my boy or my girl Or something or nothing in between Flowers from Paris Thank you again, Charleston. <laughs> Thank you, Tim. I think uh, I'll just, I know that's, Technic said it's over. I just want to just do a little bit more talk just about the, um, sort of that last train I thought that we were on. Yeah. Um, about the community um, and, and working together. I think like, I've, I've heard some artists talk about, and I've been there mentally before, um, where I get frustrated that my audience isn't paying attention, or I'm not—I don't feel like I'm getting the the applause that I should get. Not exactly the applause, or, but the the attention or the appreciation that the amount of work that I've put into it should get. Um, and I've I've sort of come around on that mentally that I don't have if I'm not seeing the results that I that I want, I can't. It's not going to do me any good to be frustrated with my audience about it. It's like it doesn't make a bit of sense. Um, so uh, that's just uh, that's just moping around. Um, that um, it's it's my responsibility to entertain the audience and win the audience over, and and that um, the idea and I've seen this with other artists as well that that achieve in terms of musically in terms of what the the actual sound that they're putting out. Is, is excellent, it's really good. Um, beyond what many of the people around them are doing, um, and yet they don't connect with people, and they aren't connecting with people, and they aren't, and then they get frustrated because they aren't seeing the appreciation that they think their hard work deserves. Would you, would you second that? Would, would you verify, or would you, would there be suggestions to artists that think that they can uh, 
or, or musicians that think that they can achieve a musical excellence and then that's going to get them what they want. Um, is there more to the musical game than that? Or is there more to music than that? That's not exactly the, the right question, but maybe you kind of get where I'm going with that. You can make it to the metaphorical top uh, without... Um, I think you can make it to the metaphorical top without being a team player. You can be that good. Um, I think it's more fun. First of all, I think it's more fun to share a stage with multiple people who are having the time of their life. Second of all, music music wasn't my first language. Um, I, I don't have the um, skill set, the, the music theory, the um, chops of a lot of musicians that I interact with. Um, I know I'm not making it to the metaphorical top by myself. Uh, I think strategically, um, for me, if I want to get to the upper, upper levels of music performance, and if I wanted to be a household name, I'd have to surround myself with musicians who are better than me. And not, not only overcome the intimidation I have uh, over trying to learn from people who know music, but also learn to be okay with that. Um, and yeah, you can, you can make it to the top as a um, very skilled and very um, proficient mm -hmm. musician and outrun everybody else. That's not how I'm going to the top. Yeah, I think you're right. You can you can do that. Um, it's but that's probably a pretty cold and lonely way, lonely path. Because uh, it's not fun. <laughs> it's uh, it's just you got to put your head head down and you just grind and you grind and you grind. Because to be the, the absolute best, that's what you have to do. Because there's a bunch of people that are also doing that, and you have to put in a lot of work and a lot of time to develop your that ability and that's just that's hard work it's not a lot of fun and it's just cold it's cold uh, robotic mm -hmm. um, yep. yeah um, but th there's also the um, playing uh, if you're if, if that's the mentality that you're going up on a stage I think especially the, the early uh, stages that you're on before you reach a level where you're so proficient that you are out playing everyone or whatever however you want to conceptualize that um, it, it won't have I think a huge component if you get up on the stage thinking that your musical prowess is going to win over your audience there's a huge component um, that that you're, I think, is is mentally missing, which is you're there for them, <laughs> and um, so yeah. I, maybe you could talk about is that ever anything that you've struggled with, or it, like in terms of when you get up on a stage, it being about yourself, um, or have you always? Is it always a component of your performance that you you uh, you're very well aware that you're up there for others and you're actively looking to engage and serve serve your audience. I very much so care to 
again, I use the word I used before as a practitioner of music. Uh, I care very much so for the music to be a healing balm for whomever is available um, to 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 offer music and and live performance, animated delivery of a story um, to to help people uh, feel um, where they may have forgotten to feel to to do it in a safe place and safe way to um, to be healed myself while performing and that's remained more or less consistent um, more so I'm, I'm a lot more aware now that the the power of live performance as a healing solution for people um, I'm a lot more aware that there is a there is a power and a responsibility to that as a live performer and that's become more of my for focus rather than uh, and, and not so much the uh, desire to create a sound that makes me feel good because it feels good like no I, I have I have capacity in me as a as a creator or as a vehicle to deliver something I have a capacity to help and that's uh, I'm more conscious of that. I was gonna say awesome. I was gonna you know, that's and I was gonna add the word awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. But, the, um, all right, let's let, let's uh, maybe you could tell everybody uh, where where are some of your upcoming shows, um, where they can follow you, where they can uh, listen to some of your music, sure. and, and uh, yeah. You can find on social media almost all of my. Exploits, announcements, videos, some recordings under the handle Uncle Tim's Bench, whether on Facebook or LinkedIn even, or Instagram. Uh, I have a, the most exciting performance that I'm looking forward to coming up will be on May 5th at Owendaw Green in Owendaw, South Carolina. It'll be a full band gig uh, with... Uh, a slew of uh, diverse musicians, whom some of whom I have just met, some of whom I've known for a few years, but none of whom have all have performed together before. Um, coming up May May fifth, Allendale Green in Allendale, South Carolina. Check it out, the Barn Jam. Between now and then, there will be hands full of bar, restaurant gigs at places like Neighborhood Tap House in North Charleston. Stone's Throw. Stone's Throw Tavern in West Ashley. Homegrown Brew House in Somerville. Okay. Thank you, Tim. I guess I'll shake your hand, yeah? Yeah, thanks, Thank you, brother. Man. All right. Thank you, Noah. We did our first one. <laughs> it's in the books. Um, yeah, everybody, this is Tim Falvey. Check him out. Um, I'll just say one of my... I'll, I'll, I, you, maybe uh, you have a lot of your own uh, favorite songs of yours. Um, I love Reveille. Um, I love a, a number of his different songs. Reveille, for me, I, I, maybe I even like Flowers from Paris more, actually. I like Flowers from Paris a lot in terms of just list, listening to it. But Reveille is like, I'm going to do this. You know? <laughs> like, and uh, so if you, if you like, need motivation, go listen to Reveille. And uh, yeah, thank you guys for tuning in to 
No, it was Groove Groovecast. Yeah. Episode one. Um, yeah. Hope we'll do a bunch more of these, and uh, we'll continue to, to see how what what this uh, podcast is. I guess. Thank you. I can't wait for the outtake reel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's gonna be stupid. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Cool. Thank you, Tim. Yeah, man. Yeah.